I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Today, I know that Jesus is the Son of God who came as God in the flesh. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk about real people who have real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about how someone who was raised as a Jehovah's Witness could suddenly experience Jesus Christ and understand that Jesus truly is the Son of God and God Himself. Jehovah's Witnesses are a religious group that is distinct and is separate from the beliefs of mainstream Christianity, specifically believing that there's no Trinity and that God is only one. There are over 8 million Jehovah's Witnesses around the world, and today we have someone who grew up as a Jehovah's Witness and is going to tell us the story. Dan Robbins, welcome to the show. Hey, Jan. Thanks for having me on the show today. Brother, it is always a pleasure you know, to talk to you. And Dan, let's get right into it. How did you become a Jehovah's Witness? Well, really, it was just through childbirth. You know, my parents were Jehovah's Witness, and so that was the way they chose to raise me. So I was born into it. Mm. And growing up in it, how many meetings as a child did you attend weekly? So as Jehovah's Witness, they're very strict with their meetings. So we had to go to about five meetings per week, and it's about three days a week. Wow. Two on Sunday, two on Thursday, and then one on Tuesday or Thursday, whichever they decided. That's pretty committed, (laughs) you know? I mean, I know people who, you know, have kids complaining about going to church just one time a week, but you're going from three to five times a week, and you're kind of forced to go, right? Like as a kid, sometimes you probably didn't want to go to some of these meetings. Were you ever allowed not to go? Oh, no, it wasn't a choice. You know, parents really are strict in that religion. And so you have basically no choice. You just have to go. What did that do in your heart and your mind as a kid? How did that make you feel as a kid? Well, as a kid, it's you're not really separated. You know, you just go and you learn the same stuff that the adults are learning. Mm. So there's no separation. It's not like you go to, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade and learn through playtime and different things like that. It's just all lecture even as a little kid. Wow. So you're being lectured like a lot every day, like boom, boom, boom. What was that like? Exactly. It was just a lecture, every meeting, a lecture. So as a kid who has a lot of energy and I still have a lot of energy, you know, it was very hard to sit still, very hard to focus. So a lot of the times I was, you know, obviously you do retain and you listen, but there was a lot of just boredom. Wow. But then you did really get in touch though as you were being in that so much, you did understand well about the Jehovah's Witness faith and you identified yourself as the Jehovah's Witness. Like you would like defend it. Is that right? Absolutely. Up till I was 30 years old, I was a defender of the faith. Wow. So you were really gaga for it. And what would you say now that you're a Christian, what, what would you say is the difference between being a Jehovah's Witness versus being a Christian? It all comes down to grace through faith an assurance of salvation. Mm. To the Jehovah's Witness, you never know 
if you have eternal life. Interesting. The conversation is always, well, Jehovah knows everybody's heart. So hopefully he'll see that I have a good heart. Whereas Mm. from a Christian perspective, God so loved the world that whoever, whosoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. Hmm. So you're basically saying that you grew up believing that there was something called salvation or having eternal life, but you might get it depending on how good you are. Yes, exactly. Wow, man. And that, you know, is really in sync with a lot of the world religions. But Christianity, it is different, right? Because Christianity is not based upon what you do. It's based upon like what God does for you. Exactly. Yeah. What Jesus accomplished on the cross. Wow. So like, what did that do for you as a young man? You must have really sought to be so good and I'm sure you failed. So how did you feel when you failed? Well, I mean, from a Christian perspective or even from just, you know, as a parent's perspective, you tell a kid, don't do this and they do it. Yeah. You know, so when I heard, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this from the Jehovah's Witness, you know, always about rules and following religion, it pushed me in the different direction. Oh. Everything they said not to do is what exactly what I wanted to do. Interesting. And so Hebrews talks about people having this fear of death and through this fear of death, they become lifelong slaves. Wow. And so hearing all these rules, not being able to follow them and knowing that I was not good enough to receive this eternal life that only the good, you know, hopefully Jehovah would see those people have a good heart. And I know for myself, I didn't have a good heart. Mm. I was doing only things wrong. I had this fear of death, which was this bondage to me because I believed in life after death. I just wasn't sure what was going to happen. And I knew for certain as a Jehovah's Witness that I was probably not going to be one of those good people that Jehovah chose. So I had this fear of death, which put me in this extreme bondage. You know what? Let's talk more about that, Dan. And I wanted to kind of circumvent here and I want to kind of like hang out right here about this because I don't think only Jehovah's Witnesses have this fear of death thing where they're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And there's this question, am I going to make it? And you are under this, you know, religious system that said, hey, there's only a certain number of tickets. There's only a certain number of people are getting in. You're competing against the best of the best. Like, you better show up. You better do this. You better keep attending every single meeting. You better be faithful to Jehovah. You better be defending your faith. It probably made you, like, really aggressive to defend your faith. Is that right? Absolutely. And what's kind of hilarious as I look back at it now is my dad was a drug addict, biker type, and my mom was the religious type. Uh And so I was living the drug addict, biker life, but also the religious side, I was defending the faith, which from an outsider's perspective was moronic because I was not living the life, but I was defending the faith. Wow. That would make sense. So it created almost like this duplicity in you, this kind of like, well, I do this because I know that I'm probably not going to make it anyways, and this feels good. But then when it comes down to it, I believe that this is a truth, though over time you discovered that it wasn't the truth. But that's fascinating, Dan. So, you know, as you're growing through this, what kind of feelings and emotions did it lead you to? Not only the fear of death, but did you feel a lot of shame and maybe guilt? Well, everything that I did, I felt guilty about because I knew I was doing the wrong thing. Sin was unnaturally easy for me. <laughs> and so I'm sure there's people out there that want to live a certain way yeah. like me, 
but found that I only lived another way. Mm. You know, I lived the wrong way and I knew I had a conscience inside of me that said this is wrong, Uh. but I had no power over that lifestyle. I just was drawn into it, the drugs and alcohol. I was drawn into that lifestyle and I had no power over it. Wow. You know, and it's interesting because I bet like after you did like drugs and alcohol, there would be this sudden wave of guilt, like probably what the next morning or the next week. How would that work? Oh, that guilt and shame, it never went away. It was just always there. It was always there because if you're not going to five meetings a week, if you're not knocking on doors, if you're not raising your hand and answering questions on Sunday, if you don't have all of those good deeds to kind of check off the bad that you're doing in your life, then there was constantly this negative feeling like I've not done good enough. I've not done good enough. I've not done good enough. So there's guilt, there's shame. Uh And it's a vicious cycle because to drown out the sin and the guilt and the shame, you go to something that's easy, a drink or a drug. Even more sin. (laughs) It's a vicious cycle. Exactly. Dan, let's stop there. I want to talk more about how you actually, you know, were found out and then you got kicked out of the Jehovah's Witness group. And then you had an encounter with Jesus. Dan, we're looking forward to having you on our next show. Thanks so much for coming with us on the show here. Oh, thanks so much for having me today. And hey there. Wow. Let's dive into this a little deeper right after the break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, I heard something very clear that stuck out out of Dan's experience. And the thing that stuck out to me was that he was taught that true faith is works-based, meaning that he believed his acceptance from God was based on how good he was or the good works that he did. And to be honest, I even find certain Christians who are not Jehovah's Witnesses think that salvation or being accepted by God is works-based or, you know, about performance, basically. It's really easy to get into this. For some reason, our minds are wired to believe that God will accept us if we're good enough and act like a good person. But here's the problem. Deep inside, we know we aren't good people. We know our sins, our weaknesses. And no matter how hard we try, it is so hard to be good enough. Some of us walk around like we have to earn God's acceptance and other people's acceptance. But how does it really work? The Bible says something very fascinating in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So this is saying 
that your eternal acceptance from God is not based upon what you do, not upon your works. You can't be good enough. This is saying that it is a gift, is a gift given, which what is the gift? The gift is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for your sins. He basically bore your payment to pay your debt of your sins or the portions that are not good enough and to bring you to a place where you're good enough for God so that you can have this relationship with God. Jesus said something so profound. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What's amazing by this is that no matter how good you are, there's no way to get to Father God's acceptance. It's no way. But he died on the cross and he basically paid the ticket for you to do it. Not to have like, you know, a chance to get in heaven, but to be in relationship with God the Father now. And I'm sensing there's someone right now who's saying, yeah, you know, I'm a good person. I try to do good things, but I don't know if I'm really being accepted by God. Well, you just need to receive Jesus, my friend. I want to give you that opportunity where Jesus, we call out to you and we just surrender this idea of having to do it ourselves and we receive the gift of salvation. Receive it, my friend. We receive it, we believe in it, and we activate that in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask for this in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.